Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast. Every two weeks, we come together, we discuss an anime that we've watched recently, we discuss it like we're a book club, then we turn it over to our comment section and let you continue that discussion based on the ideas that we have begun with, either right or wrong. That's the premise of the podcast. We watched a mature... Again, I think we've watched a couple mature animes now in a row, so this is definitely... Uh, a higher rated than not for kids but uh and now we're going to discuss it lots of interesting ideas in it to discuss it i need the help of my co-host first off we have the law to my order jeremy how you doing man doing pretty good (laughs) 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 oh man i really wonder what you're gonna be now this is gonna be interesting um i'm doing pretty good uh just been very busy something terrible sorry always I, uh, the, the only like interesting thing, cause it's just been school and work, but the only interesting thing that I got to do was, um, uh, we got, I got kingdom come deliverance, the game for free on Epic a while back. And I had a couple hours. So I was like, Hey, let's, let's play this. How is that it? game? Oh, it's, it's really interesting, but it really tries hard to, to make you feel like you're really there. Um, far better than Skyrim, like with the combat system and stuff. But it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> like you have to drink uh, Savior Schnapps, which is a type of alcohol, to save. And if you don't have it, the only way you can save is by quitting. So it kind of has this implicit Iron Man mode that you don't have a choice. There's no difficulty levers. Um, and combat is sort of it's contingent not just on your ability to you know, attack from the correct direction because where your mouse is is in relation to your enemy decides what kind of attack you're going to do and where you're going to hit them in the body. Um, And even if which mouse button you press helps. Uh, So it, it's not just that though, like your character's level in whatever weapon you're using actually determines how well the enemy is going to have a chance at blocking you. And so you might be really good at the game and you think, oh man, I've learned this combat. You start as a level one version of this character and you're still going to get your butt whooped in every battle. <laughs> and I didn't realize this. And so like, I, I kind of got really frustrated by the time I got to the first real boss because I fought him like 30 times and I couldn't, I could not Ooh. touch him. Yeah. And the whole reason was because uh, I got there too early. I didn't do enough side stuff. I didn't grind the character's levels up and... Yeah, so it's hard, but it was, it was really cool. Sounds like a game perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, I I um after that that battle, I got really frustrated, so I like uninstalled it. <laughs> so it's gonna be a while <laughs> until the rage quit wears off. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem like a game for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we also have the special victim to my unit, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you you it was going to involve some sort of general joke. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think probably besides the hype train that I've been on for the new Path of Exile League, um, 
<laughs> I've been playing some uh, more Heroes of the Storm with uh, Troy, and I I forgot just how lovely people over the internet, especially in small community games, can be. Um, in fact, I believe you you got reported tonight, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Uh, in in the fun like no stress mode, play new yep. characters, learn them, and we lost, so I got reported for not winning. <laughs> yeah. My, the ultimate crime. <laughs> my favorite report of last week was we did win, and you had top damage, but apparently you didn't know how to play the character you were playing. <laughs> uh, good times. Good, yes. good job, internet. You are great people. Yes, thank you. Relax a little bit. Deep breaths. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dead game anyway. <laughs> what are you so worried about? Uh, yep. I am, my name is Troy. Um, I'm super excited about Castlevania Season 3, but I haven't started it. Uh, I guess the only thing I've really done is played the Final Fantasy VII Remake oh. demo. Um. It is pretty as heck. I love the movie Advent Children, which was the sequel to Final Fantasy VII, and so it it looks like that movie, but you're playing it, and the combat's a little different. I'm a little. The only thing I'm really worried about is there won't be grinding, that I can't just like walk around and get battles because you see the enemies in front of you, and then you attack them. So that'd be the only thing I'd really miss. I, I like the active battle systems, running around, slashing. It's very similar to like Kingdom Hearts or even Crisis Core for PSP. But we'll, we'll see. I enjoyed playing the, the demo, and I got to show my five-year-old son the demo and then be like, you know, I was like 12 when I played this, you know, when I fell in love with Cloud and Tifa. And, yeah. How is the Materia system? It's not in the demo. But really? from what I understand, there is equipment and there is materia, and you can actually see the materia on the weapon. And the, the, there's oh, different weapons that that's you know, awesome. You change the sword, it changes, and you can see the materia on it. That's what I've heard. I have not seen it, or it wasn't. There literally was no leveling up or anything in the game. You did level up, but you didn't get the touching. It was really just the combat. All right, let's go on to talk about the anime that we watched. Now, when I introduced this, I thought it was just a mystery, and it's definitely more of a mature thriller, uh, like Seven. Or <laughs> so, if you're the kind of person who can watch, you know, Brad Pitt ask what's in the box, then this is an anime for you. If that's not age appropriate for you, then you probably should not watch this. So, letting you know that. Um, what's in the box? Let's go to our <laughs> non-spoiler reviews for those who want to decide if they do want to watch it now that I've kind of let you know what you're walking into because we did not know. <laughs> oh, no. All right, Jason, what would you think? Um, yeah, so the end of episode one, I texted you and I was like, this is this anime is not messing around. Uh, yeah, out the gate, they, the writing's so well done, you get... you. Kind of get attached to some of these characters because they're you know, some of them are a little tropey and it feels very comfortable to get to know these characters and then this show rips them from you. But um, yeah, it, I enjoyed the ride. There were lots of things that I didn't like personally, but it made for an I can't say enjoyable, but I really like this <laughs> anime 
because it it just makes you question your own uh, assumptions about reality. Because this is a very th- th- there is no there's very few fantastical elements about this particular anime, um, and yeah, it uh, you know whether it reinforces what you believe or makes you question what you believe, which I think, in for most people, is just going to reinforce the, uh, some ideas that you know social norms kind of keep. Um, is but yeah, the thriller part, yeah. Uh, I this is one of those animes I really like that I have a hard time recommending. There we go. <laughs> all right jeremy how about you um it was okay um there were definitely parts where i would have been happy to just stop watching <laughs> but um <laughs> but uh having having by necessity completed it uh it was okay and it certainly you know i wasn't sure where it was gonna go which considering what it's what it was trying to do that's a good thing um for it to be too predictable would have completely undermined the show. Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I have been so torn the past couple of days since I finished this trying to decide if I want to say it's good or bad. It has <laughs> captivated my mind. It's given me nightmares. Um, <laughs> wow. It starts off really dry and dense. The reason I used I came up with that law and order joke at the beginning I was like, oh, this is literally like watching a Dick Wolf procedural. It's really so much exposition about government. I'm like, oh man, okay, this is everyone's gonna be so mad at me for this. Uh, well, I walk and, in, and oh, we're gonna do pharmaceutical investigation. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was what I was, about. I was so bored at first. <laughs> yes, and then uh, <laughs> it goes into much more. If you're from the '90s, these movies were very big, like The Bone Collector, Seven, Kiss the Girls. Like, you know, thriller, killer stuff. And that was really good. And then in the third act, it takes a completely different twist and goes into more political and philosophical looks. Um, I would say if, if any of that sounds like your thing, watch it. I will decide later what I thought. That's our talking out with these guys. All right. Um, the intro and the outro. What would you guys think? They were okay. There's two outros. It does yeah. switch. Um, I didn't find myself wanting to rewatch any of them, but I didn't hate them. So, um, I was actually really happy at how short the intro was. Like, it, it was just like what twenty seconds, fifteen seconds most of the time, which was really nice. That was really refreshing. Um, and I also liked how bare bones it was. It didn't. It didn't betray any of the story beats. Um. It betrayed the ambience, but not really the story beats, which was also nice. Um, the endings, I did notice that they were different, but I can't say I ever actually watched the whole outro <laughs> of either one, either time. Uh, third one in a row that we watched on Amazon Prime now. So again, the outro was really hard for me to catch. Uh, <laughs> the intro, I mean, there's there's no song that I enjoyed or anything like that. But the ambience was cool. The imagery was really cool. Um, I like how it changed in the third act. There is a whisper at at the end of it right. that, based on what you learn about certain characters in this anime, freaked me out every time I heard it. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I believe if I, I read that she says, are you ready for the message? And that's all it says. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Right? Oh. 
Okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> let's, let's, we're now going to go into the spoiler section. Um, so this is a bit of a mystery. There's a little bit of mystery to it, so there's going to be a lot of spoiler there. Um, so please be warned. And now that I've dropped the spoiler warning, there is one other thing I want to add. And I already talked about the other host with this. There's a lot of philosophy in this anime. There is talk about suicide, and there's talk about good and evil, and there's no reason we can't comment on whether we agreed with it or not, or disagreed with it. That's absolutely fine. Um, and even how we think the anime presented it, we're not going to actually go into full philosophical debates. I know Jason and Jeremy kind of want to, so there might be a little bit of it there. Come on, man. <laughs> but we are not a, a philosophy <laughs> podcast or an anime podcast. So everything will be in the scope of the anime, just to let you know. And, and, you know, everyone's welcome to their own opinions. That has always been our stance on the show, no matter where your leanings are. It does not matter. So it, it it's fine. Okay? Just don't be angry if you disagree with us. It's just literally <laughs> our own opinion. We'll probably disagree with each other. This is one of the most, like, hot topic things we've ever touched. And so I'm a little, a little edgy about it. But we're fine. Yeah, who These picked are... this again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it was a different flavor than something we've ever had. <laughs> I, it's, really, I, it's really funny. Out of the three of us, the least confrontational person picks one of the most controversial anime oh, we've had in a long time. <laughs> let's not forget I picked Robot Grandpa anime. Oh, oh that's crap. Yeah, right. So, so, yeah, I do two this two. quite often. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, yeah, and Kiznaiver. Oh, God. Man. People just take a shot every time you make a kid's episode. <laughs> Alright, let's go into the story. Um, it takes place in a fictional city. And it it's funny because the show starts and it's like, the names are fictional, the places are fictional, and the laws are fictional. I'm like, what kind of play show has fictional laws? Like, that's going to be weird. Whoever has to say that? That's this, a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, that's apparently this one. Um... So it takes place in the city of Shiniki, uh, which is basically Tokyo 2. Tokyo, it's to help with Tokyo's growth. And we're going to find out more about it, and we'll talk about more about it when we get to it in the plot. Um, but that's just the framework of this anime. And we start with um, some investigators for the government, for the, for the city. They're not cops, but they, they do do investigating. And their main character is Zen Saizaki. And he comes in to basically do an audit on this pharmacy that they got anonymous tips, or it's not anonymous. They knew where it came from. So they, they got... are, they are a government agency, though, right? Right. Mm -hmm. They yeah. they have they have warrants. They can arrest people. Special um, investigation. But mm -hmm. they are not police officers because they there are later police officers. I would like to say, just as a guess, that they're something like the equivalent of of like IRS or CIA or something like that. Okay. But I, I don't know for sure. Uh, so what did we think of our main character, Zen Saizaki? I I really enjoyed his performance in that this entire anime because he tries to embody this ideal of justice that he doesn't even quite understand, but he knows in his heart of hearts is an intrinsic part of his being, right? He He knows he needs to fight for it, but he's still unsure how to define it. And I find that to be, be a fascinating character. Like, I can't even really call it a flaw, but it basically is a character flaw where he doesn't even know what 
he's fighting for, but he knows he needs to fight for it. Um, he's a very stalwart individual. He loves his family. He loves the people around him. Um, or at least, you know, he, he forms very good bonds with people. And uh, it, it's funny because as a vehicle for a point of view for the show, just about every action he did, I'm going, man, I could see myself making that same action. And he was a great vehicle for the audience. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that they actually named him after the the quality that he's supposed to embody so well. You know, yeah, no <laughs> enemy's ever done that. <laughs> I, I know, I know. But in this one, it just it kind of seemed to be so much more important because he was the antithesis kind of for another character that we meet later. Even though her name doesn't mean what I thought it would was going to mean. <laughs> But um, yeah, he he was a great character. Um, he was basically put through hell, and you could feel it every step of the way. Um, he did a really good job. At first, I found him a little bland, but I actually enjoyed that. I, I like that they're like he's already married with a kid, and so there's like no romantic entanglements involved in this story. Um, and, and that was kind of refreshing that it was just hey, it's not hot young bachelor. It's like I'm just a office worker i just do my job i want to get justice i want to spend time with my wife and kid i'm just a regular guy and then he's thrust into this unworldly situation that's way beyond anything he's capable of handling but he's so determined in his pursuit of justice that he's going headfirst into it Uh, and i really like that i also really like as much as they play with themes and we'll be talking about good and evil and stuff uh, a thing that the, I kept noticing with him, especially in the beginning, is that he's like, I'm going to do a bad thing for the good reason. I'm going to work with a reporter, even though that's against the rules. I'm going to access these files, even though I'm not supposed to. Um, he's constantly doing bad things for good reasons. And that kind of, I think, adds to the layer of the good and evil philosophical talk that's going to come later. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated mm-hmm. that. I only think at the end they stop, they kind of dropped the ball with that a little bit more than I thought they should. They didn't mm-hmm. really bring it back into it. Um, did either of you guys think he was not the main character in the first episode? No, because of his outline in the intro. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't actually pay attention in the, <laughs> in the intro of the first episode. I thought that Kujin was going to be the main character, and... I just the way that they portrayed Zen, he came across as like just the bland boss that was there for the backdrop. And I thought that was really cool because it caught me caught me by surprise when he became the main character. Um, Can we mention just real quick how unrealistic his wife is? In what way? In Japan, Uh, I don't think she is. Where he spends nearly a year away from her and then she's just like, oh, it's nice to see you. You do your own thing. It's fine. I've got the kid. Who, whose marriage is like that? Maybe not here. I don't. I don't know if that's a cultural thing, <laughs> dude. I'm gone for ten minutes and I'm getting yelled at. <laughs> uh, okay, so honestly, I, I obviously don't know Japanese culture outside of anime, but I do see this in anime a lot, where like the husband is a working husband and hardly spends time at home, but the wife's like, I knew what, that's what I signed up for. Even when it comes to, like shonen, like Naruto, Sasuke is gone for like five years, and his wife's <laughs> like. But it's Sasuke. He's got to go hero stuff. Um, so that's exactly what she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, moving forward, there is also a, his his assistant investigator Fumio, 
who we would talk about if he was going to be spending a lot of time with us. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Fumio, that's who it was I thought was the main character, not Kujin. Sorry, wrong name. <laughs> and we do meet Kujin in this episode, too. Um, the only thing I'll say about both Fumio and other characters that are going to show up, they are presented as this is going to be a character around, fully developed, fully, hey, mm. notice this character, it's got a name, they've got a special design, and then... He's good at this. He's not good at that. He's, uh, you know, he's really shown himself like, you know, any this character specifically is someone I would see in just about any other cop anime, whether it was a lucky, lucky go, you know, whatever anime to something a little harder Uh, because, you know, he's got that plucky attitude. He's got Mm -hmm. the go do go get him underdog kind of uh, feel to him. And I really liked him at first. Yeah, he has the protagonist vibe. Yes. That's what he has. Yeah. He's also like, oh, do we have to go through all these documents? You know, because after they raid the pharmaceutical place, they bring back these boxes of documents, and the job is just going through page by page, looking for anything that would be constituting a crime. They're specifically looking for payoffs to a college to fake drug tests. Um, And they come across a paper on a drug, and there's a stain on it, and they realize it's blood, and they actually... Pull the paper, split it apart, and inside is all... two paste, pieces of paper stuck together, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they have, like, little thick paper. <laughs> <laughs> but the inside is covered in flesh and blood and hair Fs. and the letter Fs. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure what the significance of F was. They say it. They say it. Oh. Female. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> which okay. makes a lot of sense man yeah <laughs> my thing is like how does that help like what are you right. trying more letters <laughs> well, but also f is an english letter for yeah. the word female in english but this was supposed to come from a japanese corporation that's another thing that's confusing to me i don't know that's weird Anyway, um, so they decide to go investigate the doctor who wrote the report. They go to his apartment, and when they get a warrant and go inside, he's dead. He has committed suicide, is what it's ruled, and he is hooked up to an anesthesia machine that would kill him slowly, but very peacefully, over a long period of time. And this kind of starts the investigation. Um, they This is when they bring in... The, his police officer friend, whose name is Kujin, he's like a real slick dude, but he's, you know, he's just happy to help. You know, he's not trying to like, oh, this is going to be my case or anything. He's, he's like, okay, here's what I got. Let's work together. Um, what did you guys think of Kujin? Because he kind of becomes a major player. I really liked him, too. <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's... He's not exactly happy-go-lucky, but he's definitely, um, you know, he, he's got the laid-back attitude. He's got the let's get this done. It, almost like a surfer dude that decided that it was time to kind of straighten up and go to corporate world. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's uh, he's fantastic. Um, and also his relationship with Zen is is really good, too. One thing I say is that I'm skipping over, like, like we said, there's a lot of um, talking in these episodes and explaining things, and I'm skipping over most of that. Uh, but well, 
that's the cool thing about this anime is gripping as it was there was very little action and very little on-screen violence even Just, even the most horrific violent thing like they never actually show what happened it's heavily implied and you definitely feel it emotionally but it's not well and they say yeah she was killed <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um when they do further investigating there is video of two people that were visiting this doctor and one is a woman they can't id and the other is a man named ano who is a secretary for a person running for mayor of the city because there's an election coming up and the man is uh the the mayor candidate his name is Nomaru, and he will be important later but not enough to really discuss him he's just typical old fat seedy politician mm-hmm. um when they investigate this Ano guy, they they follow him and find him picking up a prostitute and taking him taking the prostitute to some building contractors. And basically, the the implication is they're using sex to buy votes for the election. And so they they um, Fumio and Zen split up. Zen goes after Ano, and Fumio follows the prostitute. Um, and they're texting each other and like, okay, good job. You know, this is what we learned. And then he gets one last text from Fumio and rushes to Fumio's house and he goes into Fumio's apartment and he's hanging by his neck. He has hung himself. And we see that the text he sent was like, thank you for everything. It was a, a suicide note. Uh, and, and this is how the first episode ends with this, what we thought was another main character just gone. <laughs> yep. Like, you could mistake him for the main character with yeah, kind of the tropes that they throw at you as far mm-hmm. as anime. Yep. Um, the the next episode he we you know his partner's buried and he's very upset and he does he's like no there's no way this was suicide he would never commit suicide so he, I know he was killed because of our investigations and he wants to keep digging in and his boss is like all right and then we get a kind of a, a mixed up timeline in this episode because there's one where he's interviewing a woman and then there's the events that led up to yeah. taking that woman into custody. So I'm going to do the taking the woman into custody and then jump back to the, and then jump to the interrogation, even though throughout this episode, they're interspliced as we learn the details. Um, but basically, he has a, re- a reporter friend that he's not supposed to work with, but he does to get additional access. Because reporters to and officers of the government are not supposed to talk. Right. Right. About open projects or open investigations. Right. And, and, but he's like, but we're best friends. <laughs> but... <laughs> And I didn't bring up the reporter because he doesn't play a huge part in the story. I was a little confused when they introduced him because he seemed to play the exact same role as Kujin. I need yeah. an outside guy to go ask favors of. And I'm like, why two? Why do we need two of the same do character? do something to one of them. <laughs> but then the other, the third one... Doesn't really, isn't used. Yeah. Back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thought it was more red shirts, but even that didn't end up being true. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, the reporter ends up after doing his own investigation, takes him to a country club and they find out that the apartment of the prostitute is actually paid for by a different candidate, not the candidate who Ano was working for. And it's not Nomaru, it's, it's actually this other guy. So now they're really confused. Okay, why are the candidates helping each other buy votes? And at the same time, Kujin gets to the same place. He's like, hey, I followed... Um, this other guy here to this hot spring 
and they realize it's another prostitute drop off, and so they arrest that woman after that that night because he's he's frustrated, and so he just picks her up. And her name is Emiko, and he takes her to interrogation. Uh, we are going to find out this is not Emiko. This is a woman named I Magasi who is our villain. And you know, at first the interview was like, "What happened? Can you what can you tell me about Anna? What can you tell me about the mayor?" and but then it becomes very clear, like, this is our Hannibal Lecter. Like, yes. You get yes. that sense so fast. <laughs> yeah, she's playing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so your guys' thoughts on I, the villain of our story. As far as a villain that you would love to hate, she is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I think Jeremy said it best. I wanted to see her die. Yes. <laughs> um, you want her... Yeah, uh... This this anime does, and she doesn't get a ton of screen time as far as episodes. She's usually in the background, um, and 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 not like in the background of the scene, but like off screen. Um, and she's still that big of a looming threat, which I find just fascinating. Um, and she reminds me of uh, Magane from Recreators, if you've seen that anime, where she's just got this twisted version of the world. Uh, but unlike uh, Magane, she bel- she knows she's an evil person. And um, I love the really cool philosophical ties they do- draw into later that we'll get into later that I want to spoil now. Um, but as far as a villain character, she's probably one of my favorite villains in quite some time. Um, just because of how easy it is to hate her. <laughs> yeah, one of her big things is that she basically acknowledges that her desires are evil um but then tries to convince you that that's okay and, it's just a and different me, point of view yeah it's a different point of view and you should just accept all points of view as equal that there's no such it, it's no real difference and it was absolutely fascinating to see the embodiment of uh of a of a very damaging ideology which is what she was trying to push right and the actions that she performed, which we'll get into later, um, were just so clearly, obviously detrimental to everybody else, either individually or as a group. Like nothing that she did um, helped or, or had a positive impact on everybody. And and yeah, that was just fascinating. Just the parallel between a negative ideology, a damaging ideology and and her character was just really cool. She she is fascinating. The fact that she, through her character, there's a link between suicide and sex, and it only makes this whole anime is about suicide. And, and they bring up even in the anime that this is a very taboo subject. We don't talk about it as a world society. No one is comfortable with it. And so watching it, you already feel uncomfortable, or mm. at least I did, because it's dealing with a taboo subject. And then yeah. she. she her with her powers or whatever you want to call them she's linking it to sexuality and it makes it even more disturbing she is unsettling and she lives in my brain now (laughs) (laughs) i i won't forget her she 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 has so few screen time but it's such a big impact and so unsettling that she creates she makes herself bigger than the world Mm mm-hmm it's really easy to say that about a character or like have 
this is how I want my character to be. But to execute it properly, because we've seen plenty of anime where it's like the, the villain tries to be bigger than life and they're just a joke. This, she doesn't have minions. She doesn't have a base of operation. She doesn't have a grandiose plan. She is just this evil incarnate running around causing chaos. And it's terrifying. <laughs> and it was very unsettling to watch. And I loved every second of it. God. I do have theories about her. Um, they don't really go into explanation about like how she works. But I'm fine with that. But th- honestly, I in a horrible way, I fell in love with the character in this scene. This interview scene, they yes. do such a great job of um, he's asking her questions, you know, trying to just get a, did you do prostitution? Did you have sex with these men? And she can tell he's kind of uncomfortable asking those questions and is enjoying the living heck out of it. First pretending to be innocent and, and naive and then slowly reeling him in until the point where she finally says, I'll give you a confession. And this takes place over a few days because they, they're like keeping her to get this confession. They need this to nail this guy. Um, and she's like, I'll just give you your confession, but you have to answer questions about me. And then she starts asking like, what's your beliefs? What do you think about sex? What do you think about death? What do you think about good and evil? Um, what's your name? Where do you live? <laughs> and, yeah. and they're, they're sitting across a long table in an interrogation room. There's a, there's a guy typing in between them. But the anime frames it so it's like she's right in his face because what she's saying is she's invading his personal bubble and you feel that uncomfortableness that he feels and you feel that invasion of personal space even though they're a room apart. It's amazing uh, animation framework. I, I don't know all, all what to call it, but it's so good. Um, he, after he gives her the information she wants, she's ready to sign the confession. He leaves to go get the confession, and when he comes back, she's gone. And and the 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 guy typing is like, I don't I don't know. Um, and and so he he runs after her. he can't find her, and he's like, What is going on with her? Um, he then goes to his boss, and he's like, Okay, boss, this didn't work out. I'm ready to present my report. I'll take responsibility for what's wrong, but I do believe we're on the right track here. And he goes in, and, and remember, this whole thing is I'm going to bust this Nomaru guy who's running for mayor for killing my partner, for doing all these dirty deeds. I'm going to get justice. And, and his boss walks him in, and then Nomaru walks in and sits at the head of the table, and he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, I mean, we already had a big twist in episode one. This is our second big twist, which is basically... Yes, there is a um it's corrupt. There's a bunch of corrupt politicians that are like fixing votes. Right. And, it, it, there's yeah. a conspiracy. You're absolutely right. There's a conspiracy, yeah. but you actually work for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're part yep. of it. Your boss is in on it. Uh yeah, so you need to to back off. And they explained to him at this point about the city. And so th- I do kind of want to ask you guys your thoughts on the city. And they basically this new city is a law testing ground where they can (laughs) you know not have as many building codes and so buildings go up faster and and not have as many uh, drug restrictions so that maybe they can get new drugs on the market and and just to see how that affects and then the rest of the world can decide if they want to adopt and and change their laws in accordance um specifically said nation building testing ground right right Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so any thoughts on the city itself? Because it's a very interesting concept, and it I really like how it plays into the evil plans later. I like the complexity of how, as a concept, it's interesting, but then you're going to have whoever's in power and setting it up is is going to be able to manipulate its origin a little bit. And, you know, in this case in particular, it kind of gets out of hand. <laughs> their their manipulations don't work in the way that they expected them to. Um, but it, it's fascinating to me when you get to see um, how essentially, I don't know, I, I enjoyed seeing how politics went went south. <laughs> But uh, but the city's interesting. Um, I, I kind of think it's a silly idea, like if we're just talking honestly for a moment, because like how long is that going to stay secret and how many people are actually going to live there if they know that the city's just a testing ground? And once you know, it's tainted. It's no longer a real testing ground. So I don't know. It's, yeah, it's they interesting. Don't, they don't seem to keep a very tight lid on it because he's running around telling like he basically goes mm -hmm. to everyone. He's like, hey, just so you know, this is what the city is. And they're like, OK. And then no point is his boss is like, hey, you should not tell everyone. <laughs> right. So, like, why would you live there if, if they're like, yeah, this is the big experiment. And if you did live there, you'd be like, well, this is an experiment. I want this law to succeed. So even if I even if it's not that great, I'm going to suffer through it because I want it to work. I don't know. It just seems seems like you're contaminating the, the test results. OK, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely right because one of the things is they um they are very much in control. They, they basically tell them we're picking who the mayor is. The votes don't actually matter. We've already picked we picked the guy that the people will like, but but we're in control of it as a group. This is not a guy getting put in charge. This is a whole conspiracy thing. And but they they do tell them we had nothing to do with Fumio's death. That would actually just bring more suspicious on us. There's no reason we would care. Um, we could literally just come to you and tell you to stop. <laughs> so that this was not needed. So we do actually want you to investigate this death. We want you to know what's going on because this is not part of our plan. Um, and they tell him, you get to decide what you do next, which is basically quit or do our bidding, which is aligned with your goals right now. Um, so he decides to stay on. Um, and then he finds out... Uh, that the 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 new mayor, who is a, a, a young faced guy that they picked to be the mayor, um, he became mayor and then he disappears, and and so Nomura was like, um, "Help us! We gotta find the mayor. <laughs> we can't control the city without him." Um, and we actually got to meet Itsuki. There was a flashback of, of Zen having to meet him. So what did you what do you guys think of him? Because he's kind of a secondary antagonist. Yeah, he's he's probably one of the best slimeball politicians yes. that I've ever seen drawn, acted, camera work, dialogue presented and delivered. Like the voice actor for this particular character is fantastic because it makes you hate this guy, too. Not yeah. necessarily the, the virulent like hatred you have for i but this this dude is just slimy but he feels like a clean politician that's got dirt got dirt and i even though he's supposed to be young and he doesn't have any political experience yet um 
you, you instantly know he's up to something. Even in this like seemingly innocuous scene where he's shaking Zen's hand, you're like, ah, that guy's a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, throughout it all, I still don't understand how he benefits uh, with the political agenda that he has. I mean, Doesn't. like, I know that what we've seen is the end of of this series, and unless, like you said, unless the the author writes another book something but it's it's um um so i don't understand Uh, yeah i was thinking that that might be the case too um but even so then i guess it's just pure chaos is all he's looking for um but yeah he's he's a perfect cult leader is what he came across to me as he's charismatic he's flamboyant enough oh not really flamboyant but he's he's able to convince people he's manipulative enough um and he's smart enough to predict what people are going to use against him. You know, he's playing several moves ahead of the other politicians in the room. And uh, so, yeah. But at the same time, like, his argument is also something that makes me dislike him because he's trying to essentially um, present only... only He's cherry-picking things in yes. order to in order to present it in the perfect light for his argument. And it's just so... Ooh, you know he knows what he's doing, and oh god. My my biggest issue with him is that I don't really know if he is another victim or if he's actually a villain. Right, uh, right. it's never made clear. Um, he tells a story later about why he wants the suicide law to be legal or why he wants to commit suicide himself, which I don't believe one bit. But yeah, do we? Well, yeah, but. Because his wife is not his wife in that scene. Yeah. Um, so was that whole thing a lie? Was he? Yep. But is he being manipulated? Is he? And there's a point where they mentioned that, hey, look, that that doctor that committed suicide had developed this drug that helps you commit suicide peacefully. And I was like, okay, is this going to be like an investor thing? Like he's invested in that drug, so he's into this plan. Um, well, we never find out, and a lot of—I honestly feel like he's one of the. With I feel like the ending gets a little clumsy with all the threads they had, and he's one of the ones that get dropped, and that's a little bit of a disappointment. It's it's almost like the anime was essentially just trying to get to a position to have this philosophical debate, and it wasn't sure how to resolve the situation, <laughs> but it did manage to get to the philosophical debate, and he was yeah. just the avenue. Yeah, and, and I don't hate where it went. I I just feel like maybe it needed a few more episodes to tie up some more loose strings. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Just my thought. Um, and then they do find out that the woman that he interrogated is also the same woman from the... the she's at the first prostitute, and that her actual name is I Am Augustine, and she basically can shapeshift. Yeah. Master of disguise, or however you want to do it, but yeah, she she always looks like a different woman. She does have a regular appearance that we see later, but she can appear in many different forms. Who um who's the first one that brings him two different pictures of a female, and he's like, "Who are these women?" He's and they're like, "No, this is the same person." I think it was Kujin, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, but yeah, that, that's that's funny because this happens multiple times throughout the anime. Is that someone will see this file of like six or eight different pictures of different women and they're like no 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 this is the same person they're like mm. <laughs> <laughs> um 
And then then we find out that 64 people have lined up on the on this tower in the middle of the city, which is Town Hall, City Hall, um, and, and they're all out there. And then the mayor appears on television to everyone in the city on this group broadcast, and he says, hey, we need to advance society, and just like fire can hurt us, and, but we tamed it, and by doing that, we our civilization advanced. This is the next thing we're going to tame, and it's death. So from now on, suicide is legal, and then all 64 of the people jump. And it's really creepy the way they jump because they like jump happily and are like flinging their arms out enjoy yeah. as they fall to their death, including the officer that was in the interrogation room with I and Zen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those moments where I was like, I did not see this coming <laughs> this turn. Like he he shows up on the billboard and he starts talking about suicide like this, as if it's this next great thing that's going to benefit mankind. <laughs> like it's this tool we can use if we understand and accept death. And I'm like, it's out of left field, right? Like what yeah. is, what is this? Well, what are we doing now? What is this anime? Extremely um, unsettling and, and just very confusing. Yeah. So Zen is basically giving instructions like you got to bring the mayor in. We got to capture the mayor. And he's like, yeah, but there's not a law that he's broken. They're like, well, find a law <laughs> that yeah. he's broken. Um, so he's he's tasked with putting together a team and he gets a new assistant who is the daughter of the police commissioner or the head of the police or the he's niece. Something. I can't remember yeah. what he is, but yeah, he's something. I'm, oh, yeah, niece. That's right. Right. Um, and her name is Hayasa Sekiro. Um, I, I really like the scene where he's like, it's really weird calling you the name of like one of my authority figures. And she's like, tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's basically, I kind of was worried they would go with a love interest, especially when they said married, but they don't, but they do actually become close friends. And I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. But what do you guys think of her character? I, I really enjoyed watching her because she, she kind of brought a no nonsense, like, underling vibe to the story which was kind of great um it, i love the scene where she's like uh you know i really thought this was going to be like an underhanded like we're going to do illegal things kind of thing and uh you know i just want to do what's right and what's just and uh you know i'm glad that that's not what's going on he's like oh no that's exactly what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> and then she you know she's just kind of on board with it because she's she's seeing the good through the trees if you will um yeah, even though that doesn't really work in real life. You, you can't break laws and do good. Uh but this is the test bed nation, right? No, but um I really liked her character um because she kind of mirrored Zen in the Justice Department and how they kinda had this ideal that they were always striving for. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I kind of saw Zen as the more experienced paladin who <laughs> who is looking at things as, okay, there's the law of the land and then there's the higher law, whatever source it happens to be. You know, obviously for the paladin illustration, it's whatever god he happens to worship, but just a higher moral law that he's trying to figure out how to follow. And sometimes the law justice. of the land doesn't get followed. Yeah. And that's why justice is like a key word there. Um, and then she shows up and she's the younger, less experienced one that thinks that that good is just following the laws and doesn't really see the the um, the higher 
moral ruler that he's using until this point, like what you brought up, Jason, where she's like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, you say we are going to be breaking laws, we are going to be doing bad things, but I see now that there is a higher moral purpose to what we're doing. And yeah, that was a cool moment. I, I, I like this character. She was good. Yeah, she was a really good litmus test for are we doing good or are we uh, being corrupt? Because um, she comes in fresh, and naive, and hasn't started to be corrupted yet. And he can tell, like, she's judging me, and I'm failing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but over time, she's like, we are serving the greater good. And I realize I can tell you're a man who wants to serve the greater good, so I'm I'm in um, for what, what, wherever this goes. Uh, I do wish she wasn't in the anime. Because then episode seven couldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh... It's Suki, the mayor, comes, uh, posts another video online, which is basically, hey, I understand some of you are upset about this new suicide law, so let's do it the proper way, and let's, um, and I don't quite understand how this works, but they're going to vote for people to be on a, what's it called? Parliament? Parliament. And that whatever Parliament's opinion is on this law will determine whether the suicide law goes into effect or not. So anyone can run for Parliament. They actually talk about this with the reporter. Literally, it's ageless. Anyone can run for it. There's all these, like, kids can vote in the election, which means parents can get basically get double votes. Um, there's all these really loose laws in the election. You only have to be a citizen for a day in the yeah. city. Pro or, tip. If a bad guy is like, hey, let's do a thing completely by your rules, I'm in, he's already won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just lay down let it happen at that point. <laughs> or run. Yeah, or cheat or something. Um, uh, then they get a guy, um, and I believe he's from the police force, uh, to Toreo? Toreo? He's this huge... Big guy? Yeah, the big guy. He joins yeah. the, the team and... and the director. Uh, yeah, he's the right. director. And he's in charge of actually putting the team together. And Zen asks, like, get Kujin and then get a guy from the basically sex, the, the crimes. sex crimes unit. Um, and so he does. And they put this team together. And they're, they're basically, we got to find the mayor. And we have to find out what the mayor did wrong. <laughs> and then we have to get those things to both work at the same time. And also, hey, you one guy whose name is Sui Tsutsu? Tsutsu. Tsutsu. Uh, can you go check on this woman? I, like, go investigate this woman for me because I need to know what's going on with her. Um, and he does, and he gets information for Zen about her past, and he and Zen actually gets like medical information about her and finds out that her uncle was actually her doctor at one point. And so then him and uh, he has to go to this doctor. Um, they go to the doctor and like, hey, please tell us about this woman. And he's like, she and a couple other kids had an incident in school. And being their uncle, I was asked to be their therapist and, and talk to them. And I talked to every single boy and they were suffering from anxiety. And she wasn't. And when I asked the boys what was wrong, they said she raped all of them. Yeah, they were and, afraid of her. And I'm like, and, and then when I asked what happened, she never touched them. And I didn't understand. And then I talked to her. And she was so seductive. And they're like, it, she was a 15-year-old girl. He's like, yeah, I know. It was horrible. And your niece. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But 
and and the way she gets into your mind is like I understood what they meant. She was <laughs> now now audience before you freak out. <laughs> Uh, yes, she has powers. <laughs> this is not. This is not just the uh, the doctor discussing a regular human being. We're basically dealing with a rogue mutant who is evil. Yeah, this isn't. Uh, oh, did you see the dress she was wearing? She was obviously right. wanting me to. It, no, this yeah. is nothing like that. Because he admits exactly. full out, this was wrong. I yeah, did yeah. not want to do this. Yeah. But once she was in my head. Th- there was lit- it was as if I was under her control. Yeah, and, I mean, he even goes so far as to relocate and leave his practice and go to a place where nobody knows him just to get away from from anything connected to her. Right, because he, he says, after this, I decided she needs to go to therapy. And so I was seeing her and talking to her for six months, trying to help her, and then she quit, saying she didn't need it anymore. And I realized the only reason I did this was to keep seeing her. And I was so disgusted, and it, I, I was so morally evil at that point. I, I quit my job. I moved to somewhere where no one could find me, and I just, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that. Um, <laughs> yep. Time to move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the investigators are looking into the sixty-four people who committed suicide, and there's almost no connection to them. And he's like, okay, but find out maybe where were they before they committed suicide. They're trying to see if the mayor ever, like, told them to commit suicide. Because that is a law. You can't... Abet. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't abet someone committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they then they practice kendo. And this is where he also is like, hey, I kind of realized that you're not as evil as I thought you were. And that we're actually <laughs> doing the greater good. And also she kicks his ass. And she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Great fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Itsuki calls for a public debate the day before the election. Surprise one, right? Yeah, he's like, hey, you know, we should really just, like, lay this all out. Let's have a debate. And, and like, Nomaru is like, I got this. You know, this is this is my arena. This is my wheelhouse. And I'm going to destroy this little punk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because they can't find the mayor and they've only got a couple days left, they're like, okay, let's refocus on just finding the crime. We know where he's going to be now. Find a crime. Everyone, find a crime. <laughs> and then they get a call from Suitsui, but it's I on the phone. And she's like, hi, Zen. And she tells him about how she likes to play role-playing games and how you know you have to be the hero and no one understands you. And then he hears Suitsui walk out into the road and commit suicide and get hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. Then Which when they just heartbreaking. <laughs> Also, when they investigate the body, he has a receipt in his pocket for one axe. I actually thought I read that wrong. Like, A-X? Yeah, I thought it was like, what? Like, body deodorant? Like, what? (laughs) What did you say? Axe? Mm -hmm. Uh, The day before the elections, Saizaki realizes they're not going to get this done. And he actually disbands the investigation team. And then he admits to all of them. And we find out this later. It kind of plays coy, like, oh, we quit. And then he went to the, the debate, but then it shows that his entire team's at the debate. Um, and, and after he disbands them, he's like, I'm going to go kidnap the mayor. And now that I've told all of you, <laughs> you've either got to arrest me or help me. And they're like, okay, we're in. Um, even Hiasa's in. And so they're basically the security team for the event, and they're going to, after the event, just abduct the mayor and 
figure it out from there. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the debate begins, and there's like five or six people representing different political parties for the anti-suicide and just Itsuki for the pro-suicide. Uh, all the anti-guys go, and you know, what about the economy? What about the morality? What about you know, going through all their points? And then Itsuki goes through and addresses each one with political hey you're wrong you're wrong you know what is morality morality changes you know what was good yesterday was not good today we and basically that's his whole argument Um, his his strongest one which i'm really glad that they the dialogue made it feel disingenuous was the people should have a right to it and i think that might have been something that the writers could have leaned on but i'm kind of glad they didn't uh because then what's his face brings out oh that's right we never talked about the kid in the mask oh yeah yeah. video they're they're basically a kid came forward with a viral video saying please don't let this law go forward my dad wants to commit suicide if this law happens i'm going to lose my dad please don't do it yeah and so the lead politician that is uh, against suicide brings the kid in thinking, you know, this is my ace up my sleeve and um, presents him. But the counter argument to that turns out to be, oh, yeah, that's my son. Um, I guess I won't commit suicide right now, son, but maybe I will. Because in the end, it's unselfish martyrdom, but it's actually selfish because anybody else could offer. I don't know. It's just well, this was fascinating. He also says... I want to commit suicide because my son needs a heart transplant and I want to give him my heart and a parent should be able to do that for a kid. And I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. I was a little worried at this point. I'm like, why are you making good points about pro suicide? (laughs) I'm assuming you're anti suicide (laughs) anime. Um, Uh But uh, you're making points that even I'm like, I mean, that's not a bad point. (laughs) Right. I was, a little, I was a little concerned. Well, and I mean, there were there was he goes on to say that, like, you know, because this is on the news right now, people are going to write in and say they'll give you their heart and everything. But I won't let them because I'll give you my heart. But then he says, but you don't have to take my heart. Whatever you choose to do, it's OK, but I'm going to die. So you have the opportunity. And I'm like, OK, you've just undermined it. None of this makes sense now. Like, and this is why I so think he's being controlled. I think, yeah. th- and this is why I think he's being controlled because, as we'll find out later, it be, it's this. She makes you have this desire that it's just so consuming, seductive. Yeah, yeah. The it will, seduction it, of the intoxication of it, killing yes. yourself. Yes. yes, and I think that's why he undermines his own own argument here is because, yes, that's a side benefit that he recognizes. That's mm-hmm. not his main goal. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's why uh, that, that's why I personally think he's being controlled. I she could also, totally She also does control people to not make them commit suicide just to believe in the suicide one. That actually does happen yeah. with another character. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah, that, that's another reason why. I was actually she also surprised has... that he wanted to commit suicide. I, I was taking it by surprise. That's right, I couldn't hear you. So I was surprised that he actually wanted to commit suicide when he, when he yeah. said, I'm the guy who wants to commit suicide. I was like, oh. I thought you were in this for personal gain or right. being as a puppet. Mm-hmm. 
I guess in that way, that does provide a suitable motivation for him to put all of his political powers to bear and his his uh, um, abilities as a politician and a thinker. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, this this sways <laughs> the audience, uh, especially because Nomaru had had said, "I'm not going to run for parliament. The kid will, and I'm going to support him. I'll step down so you can vote for this kid." And now the kid's <laughs> the son of the guy who's pro suicide. Yeah, uh, this really changes the audience's reaction. Because, yeah, polling was like 3% in favor of this new suicide law and like the vast majority of the population was against it. But like after this grandstanding with his son, it's all of a sudden now nearly 50-50. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out about the 50-50 in a minute because um, the whole let's kidnap the mayor plan begins as he leaves the building. First off, they're like, what are we going to do about the wife and child? He's like, okay, send Kujin. And another officer to to escort the wife and child. Tell them we have to do this for safety. We have to separate them. Um, and then you guys escort the mayor. And he has guards at checkpoints that check in whenever the the mayor and the officers escorting the mayor pass by. And they're like it's... checked in, checked in, checked in. And then he's like, they're like, there's a commotion, but we're gonna keep going. Check in, check in. He's like, Kujin, what's going on? Kujin doesn't answer. Uh, the first guards, you know, the very first guards they passed, they don't check in. Second guards. It felt like aliens. Basically, every yeah. guard they've already yeah. passed <laughs> is no longer checking in. Uh, and he's in the van with Hayasa. Get in the van. Um, and she <laughs> she runs out to go figure out what's happening and report back to him. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Kujin runs up to him and he's been shot in the leg. He's like, what's happening? He's like, the wife is I. It's not really his wife. It's the woman we've been looking for. Um, and you, he, he says, I shot myself so I can make it here. You need to run away. Don't try to stop her. Don't get involved with this anymore. You will not win. And And then he explains, she's in me. She got me. I want to commit suicide so bad. I had to shoot myself in the leg just to get here and tell you this. Um, he's like, and he, he starts talking about how it's like sex and the moment you're about to burst. And, and mm -hmm. this is such a graphic and unsettling scene. And then he pushes himself away, falls down on his own gun and, and shoots himself. Um, Zen, it's just the worst part about this whole scene is like, they're best friends. And yeah, this, this whole thing happens right in front of his eyes. Mm -hmm. It gets worse. Uh, I'm gonna stop it right there. Yeah, we have we have worse stuff to get to. <laughs> the one thing that was kind of hold, holding me together with all these pro suicide arguments is that the very character of Zen is the anti suicide argument, showing the pain and suffering he's going through as someone who keeps on mm -hmm. living, losing people by suicide. And I thought that was Absolutely. really well done. Uh, yes. Even though they weren't stating very good anti-suicide reasons, they were showing it. And I was like, okay, well, at least I have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. But yeah, he's just like everyone else before him. He's got this big old smile on his face of satisfaction as he yes. pulls the trigger. And it's so unsettling. His description mm -hmm. of it. As he's bleeding, and it's using the blood as a, like an illustration, too, about uh -huh. overflowing. 
Um, yeah. Man, it was it, it's graphic, but not <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Zen goes running off. Can't find the guards. Uh, it, fi- it starts finding dead people, and Hayasa calls him, and she's like, "We're at this checkpoint. I is here. She's just talking with the guards. I'm hiding." I'm going to go and attack her. He's like, no, don't. And then we see her like pick up a piece of wood, like kendo her. And that's all we see. And then he runs into the room. Everyone's dead. Uh, the big director cop guy is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's funny when you saw I talking to them, they're all like filling out a book report. Like they're picking notes for something she's saying, like they're investigating. Uh, and he finds that notebook. that's all suicide notes by each one of them. They were like taking turns writing their suicide notes. Yeah. And then, he runs out the back, and there's only one shoe from Hayasa, and she's gone. Her and I are gone. The mayor's gone. And he goes to the police, and they're like, he's like, this was murder. They're like, no, your entire team just committed suicide. <laughs> he's like, no, that's not what happened. This was not a group suicide. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets a message from Hayasa's phone, and it's a link to a streaming video clicks on it and it's i streaming and i won't go into description they don't actually show the graphic thing but they do insinuate they actually cut to his wife and child like cooking food and chopping stuff there yep but basically while i spouts about like you need to understand what evil is and i'm going to help you get there she's drawing marks on Hyasa's body who's tied up in her underwear and bound and gagged and then she takes the axe that was on the receipt and goes, you know, arm, leg, leg, arm, neck. Um, yep. as, she, as she's talking. And he is, like, staring at the video. She can't hear him, but he's like, please stop. I'm begging you. I'll do anything you want. You know, don't do this. And, and he watches his partner get chopped up. And then the episode ends. <laughs> it's uh, so... So this, bad. this episode was just about broke me. Like, wow, I hate this character so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode about the violence. It does it does warn you that. And I actually thought it was going to be worse because of that disclaimer. And like I said, they mm-hmm. don't actually show parts come off or anything. It's just mm-hmm. super implied. Um, but my 13-year-old daughter walked into the room while this episode was on. Looks at me and goes, what are you watching? And I said, I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. But, you know, it's funny because this was nearly over the top as far as, like, what a bad guy does to one of the good guys in an anime that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting that you know you mentioned or we we talked a little bit about another anime that we watched quite a while ago, the Robot Grandpa, and how di- mm-hmm. I found the the murder that the bad guy did in that one so distasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, this did such a great job with the almost showing you and then not showing you, and that almost feels worse, mm-hmm. but wasn't nearly as distasteful, but. It got the point across that this was such an evil person without needing to push it in my face. But even even then, it still felt pushed in my face. But I just I don't know what the big difference is. Also, how much it broke him. I think the, the, key yeah. Yeah. the shots of him yeah. literally breaking down and crying and, yeah. and powerless to stop this. But 
forced to watch. You know, you, you can't turn it off. You can't leave your partner like that. Uh, that was really impactful. Yeah, this ruined him mentally. Yeah. That's why I think that she's such a, a potent um, symbol for an ideology, because her goal is to get in people's heads. Um, it's not necessarily to do physically to them. It's to break their minds. And when they when their minds are broken, sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's more difficult. It kind of seems like she's just playing with this guy because she noticed him and decided to keep him around as a novelty because she could have told him to kill himself at any point in time. And it seems like he would have. Um, and yeah, I was I was really curious about that. Like, why did she pick him? And when she's talking about a hero, clearly she's talking about him because she knows she's evil. She can't be the hero. So she's having more fun is what it seems like um playing a longer game instead of just breaking him instantly the way she's breaking these other people you know what i was wondering though yeah well oh, god oh i was gonna say i was wondering though um she knew that she was gonna be using the axe for this did she already know she was gonna use it on hyasa or did she already or was she picking somebody else or like that confused me a little bit like how did she know did she obviously planned to use it on somebody Huh, that's a good question. Uh, I have again. I have theories about her, but um... uh-huh, uh-huh. this now that as we're talking about this, because one thing we didn't mention about the scene with the doctor is that she's not blood related to him; she's adopted. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know where she came from. <laughs> this is so much reminding me of Brightburn, in the oh, fact that you've geez. got this. Yeah. basically extraterrestrial human lo- humanoid looking person with superpowers that uses them for not altruistic purposes. Yeah. And yeah. that's what this reminds me of. This reminds me of some sort of supervillain that she found out that she could manipulate the people around her with the power of her voice and she did not use it for good but her own pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Moving uh, on. <laughs> so we, we actually entered into the third arc. My understanding is like when this anime aired, there was a big stop right here. And like it took a while for the anime to come back. Uh, and it honestly feels almost like a sequel anime or a, a epilogue, an OVA ending. Because it kind of switches tones a little bit. Uh, we do see um, Zen who he he basically his boss quits. He has to tell the, that other boss, like, hey, I'm responsible for your niece's death. He's like, and the, the boss is like, hey, you know, that, that's part of the job. Are you the one who sent her out alone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so basically he's done with his job um, and he spends time with his family. He takes his, his family to the zoo, which was something that had been mentioned earlier his family wanted to do. He gets a gift of two eggs, one with like a undeveloped chicken in it, and I don't remember what was the other one, something clean, but it was said, yeah. which which one of these is good? There's yeah, such a stupid egg? argument. That's such a stupid argument. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. If you can't if, if you can't tell from the surface without investigation at all, then there's no difference. Clearly, <laughs> um, but basically, just I antagonizing him, um, and he, you know what this. This basically, in this moment, moves from the micro to the macro. Yes. Now that yeah, I'm thinking about it. 
It changes yeah. from the city perspective to a world perspective. Yeah. Which starts with a news report saying that a city in Canada has now adopted the suicide law as well. Uh, and then an FBI agent from America whose name is Matt Hardy. Samuel <laughs> Hardy. Samuel Hardy. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, he comes and is like, hey, I want your help. And and I speak Japanese. He literally says that. I speak Japanese. I want your yeah. help. Um, <laughs> and then we switch over and we meet a character named Alex Wood. And he basically gives us the story of his life, which was that he was a sickly kid and he learned to think a lot and he's a big thinker and he's addicted to this MMO. And then he met a girl in the MMO and she was ended up being super hot and she married him. And then by the way, I absolutely love Alex Wood's wife. <laughs> probably, probably if she was in the story more, probably would have been my favorite character. She was fantastic. Her, yeah. her world. She was so cool. Um, and yeah, they, they have a wife and a kid. And at the same time, we're meeting like, the Secretary of State of, of the United States and the, the Ministry of Defense, and they're talking about these new laws and how, okay, this is, you know, this is a problem. We need to be careful about America. And then they go and they talk to the president, and it, it's Alex Wood. It's the, mm-hmm. the character we met. The new, basically almost a new main character, the new main character. Yeah. Uh, Zen's still in it, but Alex, the president is now the main character. Um, and then in the next episode... Uh, Hartford, Connecticut has now adopted the suicide law. And so the president talks to the mayor and he's like, I really wish you hadn't rushed that law. Why did you rush that? But we're not going to interfere. We're st- we still have decided our, our position on this, but you know, we could use the military and stop you if we wanted. Um, but I, I really liked how the, he's like, you know, we got to be careful about the constitution where powers lie. Uh, but then he talks to the president of France about a city in France that has done the same thing. And the, that president's like, yeah, who cares? This is not a problem. You know, we'll just freaking deal with it the way the French do. We just, you know, get it done. Uh, he's basically a jerk. <laughs> jerk stereotype leader. Um, and one thing I liked is that no, none of the political leaders were based on real-life political leaders. Like, Death Note yeah. does that. Um, <laughs> I've seen I've seen George W. Bush show up in animes and stuff. And it was nice that it was just original characters. So there yeah. was no issues. I agree. Also, what um, I really liked about the uh, Alex Wood was it seemed like the reason or like one of the reasons he was elected as president is his superpower is thinking. And he kind of goes through this people whole in MMOs. What's that? Yep. And talking to people in MMOs. Right. <laughs> yep. uh, no, but that seems to be his, his main talking point is that, you know, you think about things until your time runs out, but do the best you can with the thought process that you did and that he's the great thinker. Yep. There is no bigger oxymoron than MMO player president of the United States. <laughs> I know that was so funny. <laughs> he, he literally, well, he's not when he's not working, he's at his computer still playing the MMO. <laughs> did, did you notice his name in the, in the MMO was AWW? Yes. And he, it, so because good. he always oh. says ah, oh, but it's also his initials. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Um, the FBI then comes in and briefs him on I, and Zen is brought in to provide information. And the director of the FBI says, I want this man to be made a part of the FBI. And the person says, well, why would you want to do that? Because he's the only one who really knows what's going on. And also, <laughs> I think he's kind of dangerous. <laughs> and the person's like, well, I'm not really sure about that. I'll consider it, but we'll use him in the investigation. 
Uh, and then him, and, uh, Zen and Matt are sent to Connecticut, to Hartford, to talk to the mayor to see if I has been there. Um, they, they ask him why he started the suicide law. He gives his reasons. He talks about Mark Twain. And then they do some investigation in his records and find that he went to a hospice house recently. When they investigate there, they find out he received a phone call. And then when they go to that phone call, it's actually I talking to him. And they realize in just that short conversation, she convinced him that the suicide law should be legal. Also, like, oh, we haven't gotten to the point where they got the recording. Never mind. Right. Um, yeah. What really... I thought something else was going on here because they like they hear I's voice on the thing and then Zen hears I literally talking to him specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was wondering if maybe he's not under her influence a little at this point or if she hasn't already gotten to him and he just mm-hmm. doesn't realize it. But it's hard to tell. It was a very awkward. I think I think what's happened is probably what happened to the boys from the counseling sessions is that She's invaded his space and his head and not exactly violated him, but has antagonized him enough to keep him basically on a leash uh, and keep him engaged with her because she finds it entertaining because it seems as though she like, like you said earlier, Troy, she could just make him off himself just like everyone else. But for some reason, this guy, she's, absolutely loving torturing yeah um two more cities in different countries announced that they will be adopting the law and zen realizes that all the cities are in countries that are part of the g7 summit um, and they line up perfectly and so this is definitely planned and at the same time, Alex is speaking with like the chancellor of Germany trying to figure out you know, what are they doing and he's trying to decide where his position is should suicide be allowed he's looked in the bible there's nothing specifically about the bible he actually goes and talks to a priest and the priest is like yeah but it does say not to kill and you know that is technically still killing and they talk about you know the point of the ten commandments it's actually more religious philosophy in there than i thought there would be um especially at this point there it kind of had been absent and then suddenly they start bringing in the bible and i thought that was that was nice that was a nice to include mm-hmm. that as well into the discussion um they, they, um, Zen goes back to the mayor and asks about the phone call. Uh, oh, they see a, a little girl commit suicide. Her mother was in the hospice and had died, and they see her on a bridge. And she's like, It's okay. The authorities said I could. And she kills herself because her mom is dead. And because when they she go- believes she's going to go see her mom, she wants to right. go be with her mom. And again, mm-hmm. they should, they do a really, really good job of showing. Wow just how traumatic watching someone do that is like that. This is just another example of here's argument for why it should be good. But then here's a shown argument for why it's bad. Um, I think they do a really good job with the contrast. When they talk to the mayor about the phone call and he's like, yeah, I did take that phone call. I remember that. That is when I decided to make the suicide law. What a coincidence. They find out they talked to that little girl. And when she asked him about it or about dying, he was like, he basically gave her the okay to kill herself. And that really pisses off Matt, the FBI agent. Um, 
Alex's wife gives him like a pep rally speech and that I absolutely loved. I, I didn't write down everything she said, but that's when I was like, man, that character is awesome. <laughs> what a cool wife character. <laughs> um, and then Zen has dinner with the president and his wife, and then him and the president have a private discussion. And the, Alex, the president, says, tell me what you think about this because you are the one who's seen it all and this is when i kind of realized like oh everything we've been showing about how of all the trauma he's going through seeing this that's what they're pointing out here is that there's been a victim to all these events and it's the people that kept going survive yeah yeah what i did appreciate about it though is how slow it went with hit with the president going coming to some sort of conclusion about this because up until this mm-hmm. point, he even admits quite a few times, I don't know how I feel about this law, and I'm not going to rush to a gut decision. I want to think this through rationally and like come to some sort of philosophical basis for it. And that and that's one of the reasons he's asking Zen. He's, he's like, Zen, you have firsthand experience with this, you know, and help me understand what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Zen also admits, I joined the F- I want to join the FBI so I can get a gun. I know. <laughs> so I can get like, her. Like he just yep. grabs his cojones and goes here, on the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the president asked him, like, oh, you, you just want revenge? He's like, I do just want revenge. But this is bigger than that. She's going to kill <laughs> so many people. She's a danger to the world. Someone has to stop her. Yeah, I want revenge, but this is also the right thing to do. And so the president does make him an FBI agent. And he's like, but if you do this, you wouldn't be able to go back to your family. So I'm giving you a gun and I'm ordering you to do the right thing with it and to get back to your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you see this moment and like the animation of this, by the way, just real quick, the animation in this uh, particular anime is fantastic. Like, there was budget for this and you can see in his expression how crushed he is in that moment. Mm-hmm. And he instantly turns and he's like, yes, sir. And I, I do that. That is one thing that Zen has always been able to do is put duty and what's right above his own personal feelings. And then Itsuki calls to have his own summit at the same time as the g7 summit and the g7 summit is obviously going to be about the suicide law that is spreading across the world now that it's in all their countries um and and itsuki invites all the mayors of those cities to come to his city and have a suicide summit um and then but at this point alex realizes his plan um and so the g7 summit starts and the leaders gather, and at first they're arguing that they have different opinions. Um, they all go, and Japan's like, like someone mentioned, I think England mentions going to war. Like, if you take a suicide law, what about war? And Japan's like, whoa, 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 let's not like say war. <laughs> that, that, we all need to calm down. And Japan will do whatever you guys want to do, but we have to decide unanimous what we're going to do. And then they and start then, bullying Japan over war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this was your fault, you know? Yeah. Yep. We're running away from war again, are we? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I like I like how their personalities are part of it too. And like, oh, mm. you're being such a jerk, like you always are. You just care about the money. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then Alex goes and he's like, "Guys, I want to discuss something else." 
let's discuss good and evil. And if we come to a decision there, maybe we'll find the answer to the suicide question because it's too far extended from not without having a base core value, which is really interesting because a certain member of this podcast said, I don't like the philosophies they're saying because there's no central core tenet yeah. that they're founding. And then that's literally where a character comes to. Um, so yep. you were right. <laughs> it pissed me off so bad. I was like, all of this philosophical debate is not rooted in anything. Like you can't come to a conclusion. Yeah. This was, this was where I started to be like, okay, this is cool. Now, where are they going to go with this? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's drawn like they're flying through space and like going through warp fields and stuff. But basically these leaders talk about good and evil. Um, they go through a lot of different points, points that honestly the three of us have brought up when we've discussed philosophy. We do discuss other stuff besides anime. Um, and I, I saw a lot <laughs> that right. were familiar. I'm like, Oh wow. I barely <laughs> yep. really talked about, it. um, they also bring up the, the trolley problem. Yeah. Which I believe is the second anime we've watched that has the trolley problem. I think yeah. Steinsgate had it. It's the popular um, problem. And then the I remember the show The Good Place, which is a comedy about philosophy, also discussed it and they made a guy actually ride the trolley over people and they oh, on him. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was it was cool seeing that in there. Um but yeah, they go through a lot of stuff but never really come to a de- definition. I I I really again like that they brought up different cultures view um you know religion politics all these different points of view of what good and evil is uh animals and i thought that was i really liked how they were all encompassing i guess is all i'm trying to say they did make one comparison that didn't make sense like they left out one core attribute of the comparison which differentiated the two points and that was between the the trolley comparison with the uh surgical you know, remove all the organs and put them in the unhealthy people, right? They left out one very important aspect of that, which is either way on the trolley, somebody's going to die. Like, it's a futile situation. It's choosing between two necessary evils, right? One of them is going to happen. Whereas right. with the surgery, they're like, you have a healthy person, which means they're not going to die. So we're going to kill them and take out their organs. And it's the same thing. But it's not the same thing. Because it's not a futile situation where all parties are going to die. Well, that's not true. Because on the on the trolley problem, the person, the one person alone on the track would live, mm-hmm. just like just like the healthy person. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Is like every one of these people have an equal chance of dying. I guess maybe I phrased it incorrectly. No matter which direction the lever is, somebody's going to die. Whereas with the healthy person and the sick people. If you don't touch that situation, then the healthy person lives out their life like normal. If you touch the situation, you are taking the life away. It's not a trolley bearing down and this healthy person is going to die at the same rate as these sick people. It's not like this person's going to be in a car accident tomorrow and you have the choice to take the, 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 you know. The point of the illustrations is your action will be or, the result. Or inaction. That's part of it. Well, Sorry. So, so then, yeah, because the, the well, the inaction part brings up a whole other slew of issues, right? Of like Good Samaritan or whatever, right? But the idea is that are you willing to take an action that will end one person's life to save a majority of people? That that's that's the that's the same in the trolley as it is with the surgery. 
I see what you're saying, but it's just, I don't know. There's something different. There's something different about them. And I can't put my well, finger on it exactly. different. They're obviously different scenarios, but no, beyond that, there's but, something. But the, but the, sim- the boiled the down simplification of the two is action by you. Are you willing to take an action to save more lives at the cost of one life? Hmm. I think right. it has to do with the health part. There's something different about it. Well, and and to be fair, the the characters in this anime point out this is a different scenario and they're like it's almost exactly the same but they're but you're right because now you've committed murder whereas in the other one you didn't even though you technically took the same action you, know, you mm-hmm. technically still chose who gets to live yeah. and who gets to die um so you're you're both right <laughs> which is <laughs> i think the anime does try to say um yeah. but well, no, i agree with jeremy that they are a bit different I, i'm just saying that the, the base philosophical language is what they're trying to get at right and then the story keeps happening though <laughs> you guys know the story going? <laughs> wait there's a story here yeah uh, basically the the president almost is like oh i got it i got it it's almost there and then itsuki calls basically from his summit and says hey president i need to talk to you so they pull the president out of the summit and Itsuki says, there's a woman here at our summit. She's on the top of this building. She doesn't know if she wants to commit suicide or not. She wants to talk to you and have you decide, which puts the president in a really bad situation. And, and his secretary of defense and, and um, talk about this. They're basically saying, if we don't answer, we look like a country who doesn't care if a girl commits suicide. If we do answer and we tell her... You know, not to commit suicide, that could be bad. It either makes us take a stance. We have to take a stance right now on this law. And, um, and then Zen says, that woman could be I. We should not let the president talk to her. He's like, I will translate. And then Matt, the FBI agent, is like, I'll translate. And I love his line. He, he kind of gives Zen a playful punch. He's like, I didn't want to say it, but your English is terrible, man. You need to go back to school with your son. <laughs> It was both like a really good jab and then like this really endearing moment. It was like, oh, you're so cool. You're dead, aren't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, Actually, I love I love the anime where he first meets Zen. He's like, are you Zen? You know, and, and the, the, the Japanese uh, act and voice actor is trying to do an English. Yep. And it's like, yeah, you, you don't sound English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To be fair, the president of the United States in this is speaking fluent Japanese the entire time. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Well, it's for a Japanese audience. Yes, I know. Yeah, of course. Um, so what they basically do is, so Matt will be, we'll talk to the girl and then interpret back and forth. So the president asks her what what her name is and what her story is, and she basically reveals that she had a baby. Um, her, the father left and she was left alone with this baby, but she loved her kid. And then he died of SID, sudden infant death syndrome. And she was really depressed and really in despair afterwards, but now that's kind of gone. And there's just, she says quiet. So basically there's just no emotion. There's no happiness. There's no sadness. Which is just more depression. It's just right. another layer yes. of depression. <laughs> Absolutely it is. Um, <laughs> and, and she asks, okay, so what should I do? Should I commit suicide or not? And and the president says, I, I, you're not going to want to hear this, but I don't know. He's like, I'm really close to figuring it out, but I haven't got there yet. So I'm going to ask you to wait. Don't commit suicide. Let me figure it out. 
And if suicide is the right answer, I'll commit suicide with you. And she says, wow, that's that's pretty great. I'll do it. Uh, she decides to wait. Uh, and so, like, and this has been broadcast, you know, across the world. Everyone's watching this G7 summit. And everyone's cheering for the president, how smart he is. You know, this guy is clearly not a real American president because everyone likes him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, he said, no one has less friends than the president of the United States. Um, <laughs> he then sits back and he starts thinking, about, he, he actually comes to the realization of what is good and evil. Right, because the waiting part, right? It's like, I can't come to a good decision if I, it ends. Mm-hmm. And his, his the philosophy of this anime of of, of the president uh, and eventually of even Zen is good is continuing, mm-hmm. evil is ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets really excited, grabs the phone to tell her, and eyes in the phone. And we find out I is actually there at the G7 summit, standing with the interpreters. She's already made them kill all themselves, including Matt. And now she's on the phone and she does her whisper thing and the president walks out of the room super excited to go kill himself. Yep. Zen realizes what's going on and he you know he tells the Secretary of State and basically um, Secret Service members start killing themselves and they're like, okay, no, you have to find the president and you have to take out your your headsets. Get and off those, the comms. Get off the comms. <laughs> yeah. Some some do survive, but yeah, a lot of them are killing themselves. Bullets are flying out of the embassy now as, as they are shooting themselves. The president is running full speed up to the roof, and he, he makes a comparison to like Adam and Eve biting the apple. You know, you you know you shouldn't bite the apple, but you want to so bad. Uh, there's newscopters in the sky. They see the president on the edge of the roof. The other reporters and the secretary of state are outside. They see the president on the roof. Zen gets up to the roof and he comes to the president. And he's like, you, you got to stop. And he's like, Zen, I figured it out. I know what good and evil is, but I can't, I can't stop myself anymore. Uh, she got me. I'm a goner. Um, I need you to do something. And, you know, with the world watching, Zen pulls out his gun and he does the right thing, which is shoot the president and kills him. I then appears behind him. He faces her with the gun. Um, she asks him what good and evil is. He tells her the same thing the president had just said. And we hear bang. She says bang, and then a gun goes off. And no one, by the way, no one can see her. She's like standing in the shadows of yep. the, the inside of the building. So it just looks like he's pointing a gun at the inside. And he just looks like an assassin now. Um and, and she's credit- even wearing different clothes and has changed back to her normal form now. She doesn't look like the blonde lady that she looked like when we saw her just a few minutes ago. And then credits roll. And then mm-hmm. we see I get off a bus. And her hat blows off. And Zen's son picks it up and brings it to her. And she says, good boy. And that's the end of the anime. Oh. God, that broke me. I was like, no. Because you first see the boy, and I'm like, oh, dad's going to get off the bus. He did the... Oh, no. <laughs> so we have a couple things now to talk about, because I, I rushed through a lot of that, and I know there's a lot there to discuss. You guys probably want to touch on the philosophies here that were have been presented, so I think that's the appropriate time now to do so. I'll let Jeremy go first, because I'm 
Yeah. Well, very briefly, um, I I just kind of enjoyed that they wound up coming to that conclusion that good equals continuing because I think that that that's a pretty nice moral ground that the vast majority of people can agree on. I mean, there are caveats to what that means um, as far as continuing at the expense of what or so I don't know. I guess I would probably put it my personal opinion probably be like continuing in harmony as much as possible with everything else. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting how he came to those conclusions based on just deciding not to rush to a conclusion was better than rushing to a conclusion. Therefore, taking time to figure things out, like Jason pointed out, was good by definition. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just in brief, that was my core opinion. I I loved the presentation of their debate and the logical strings that they were following to get there. I a hundred percent disagree with Woodward um, <laughs> at, okay. on a base level. Right. Yeah. I think if, if we were to encapsulate this in the context of life, mm. like if we're talking about just life, continuing life is good. Ending life is bad. Mm. I could kind of get behind that. Mm. Um, obviously with some caveats, uh, but I mean, Ending a murder spree. It's not exactly evil. Um, so it's, I think, but like, like I said, I really, really enjoyed the, the philosophical, um, wrestling match that happened between the, the leaders. And also, like I said, the logical threads he was following and the mm. conclusion that he came to as far as life. I did enjoy that a lot. Um, and then this ending broke me. Like, I, I like, you see seven, like episode seven, you're just like, oh, that was rough. And then you get to, to get to 12 because you want justice to just come hammering down on I so bad. And on the, I've got a guilty pleasure. Um, every once in a while, I love to see. A piece of media where the bad guy basically wins and uh this is gonna go into that bucket like <laughs> right along arlington road like uh, <laughs> out, of, out of curiosity do you think that uh alex would have been okay with her being executed and that that would have still been a good thing I don't know about Alex and specifically in the context of U.S. law, because not all states agree with uh, capital punishment. Um, not I, I was thinking oh, about you're it purely in his philosophical uh, conclusions. Yeah. Um, pro probably would not want to see her executed. Really? I think he would have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think he would have because continuing doesn't necessarily mean, you know, selfishly continuing or everyone is continuing without any sort of repercussion, but continuing of everything in as much harmony as possible is how I interpreted it. And therefore, if something is very heavily disturbing that, especially for purely chaotic reasons, that's an element that would need to be eliminated. So, so in order for continuing to happen. See, and, and that's the thing is like, they didn't expound upon that. Obviously there wasn't time in this, in this mm -hmm. entire anime to explore that idea. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. The, the, the thing that I want to interject with is the thing that, coming back to me is that in this ending of the anime 
he shoots the president, mm-hmm. and somebody gets shot at the end, and Sasai's not dead. Got to be himself, yeah. Control himself. Um, however, those are two endings that were brought about that were for good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which brings me back to earlier about Zen, which was, I'm doing bad things for a greater good. Exactly. Um, which kind of feels... If if Alex Wood was trying to get to the most base primal core concept, then if he really found it, I don't think you could say the words with caveats. Mm, I think you could because you're dealing with more than one person. If you have one person existing, then that person doesn't have to deal with the consequences of other people's actions. That's but if you I have believe... to deal with people that are going to do bad, then you may have to do something that is technically not good in order to stop they're bad. So I that's the thing is I don't think continuing equals good is an absolute that applies to all situations and all things. Like I don't think that's a base moral foundation that he had come to. Right. At least that's what I assume. Because I get- in the context and encapsulation of the suicide law or life, mm. then I'm okay with that conclusion. If it's a base moral foundation, I'm not okay with that conclusion. I guess for me, my, my thing is I, I like it as a conclusion. It's a really nice idea. And I think it's a great idea for a 12 episode show to present. But 100% agree. I, I would think a like a real philosopher would want to find even more base primal so that there couldn't be words like caveats in my, in <laughs> well, my opinion. Yeah, I do. I did think that one of the most interesting things that he said during the philosophical considerations was, oh, it always existed. We just decided to call it good and evil. And and I do I do agree with that. I think that that makes a lot of sense, that there is a sort of fundamental truth and good and, and evil um, as to those things existing. And but as far as being able to identify a rule, like how can you I don't understand how you could actually have a rule that could always be true, even in the presence of those who deliberately force you to break that rule. You know what I mean? Like if you have some element outside of that, that they're choosing to break that rule, you've now not got a passive situation. It's like a ripple, right? Or harmony in music. If somebody's playing a dissonant note or if, or if somebody throws a different stone in, it's going to disturb that trajectory. And so it's going to look like it's a lot more confusing than it actually is, but that's because of interference. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think I agree that I just don't. I don't want to have an, an answer, but mm-hmm. that's okay. I do want to bring up another topic, which is uh, your guys' thoughts on the ending, and and because it's very open ended. Um, I do have problems that we don't find out about, like what happens with Isakai. Mm-hmm. Was he in control? Was that really his son? What was up with the pharmacy stuff? Um, it does feel like some loose threads, but. One thing I don't have a problem with is the open-endedness of I and not knowing about her. I'm actually super mm-hmm. into that. I think she's scarier. I think if they were like, hey, she has this mutant power, I'd be like, eh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. dumb. And the science doesn't check mm-hmm. out. But now it's just no, it's just a fact that she does. You just need to accept that. And that is way better to me. Uh, but what are your guys' thoughts on the ending and, and your interpretation of it? I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. I I thought it would have been uh, much more satisfying after all this buildup, 
all this buildup. It was like Climax was stolen from you, <laughs> you know? Well, I um, think that was the just point. To, well, to maintain the sexual metaphor, I, I guess you could be right. I mean, if they're saying, you know, look, if you take away this, this suicide ability, it's, it's, this is what it would feel like. I don't know. But it just, I, I absolutely hated the fact that she was there at the end with no explanation with his son, which means implication of terrible things have happened to his wife. And it, Not and that he committed suicide. Well, it's possible. It's implicate. Like, what else is she doing there? She knows it's his son. And we know that she's evil and she enjoys being evil and doing evil things. I mean, when she's decapitating. And yeah, there's no, there's not a happy she's ending. Like, regardless. Yeah, she's, she's, she's like literally saying, I know this is bad, but I just want to do it. I'm just going to do it. So I can totally see her pulling some kind of creepy stuff like that on his wife. Jason, your but, thoughts. Ugh. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like I said, I, I appreciate a good bad guy win ending. Um, but man, did it feel bad? <laughs> uh, it, it, and I think that's one of the reasons I liked it so much is because it was so unsettling um, for a thriller where the bad guy not only wins in the end but gets away is something you know you don't see very often, and it just makes me hate her even more. And I really love that about this character that she's. <sighs> Oof. God, yeah. It, yeah, it just <laughs> uh, broke me. And I, I and I think that because of that emotional attachment uh, is what you don't get in anime. You don't get in media like these characters. Some of the most iconic characters that you can think of off the top of your head. It's like uh, Kaiser Sose, for instance, like that. That was an emotional roller coaster ride where the bad guy got away. And it was like that's one of the most iconic things you'll remember in media. And this, this bad guy, I will remember for a long time. So I'm going to reveal my theory now because I had a little <laughs> bit of an issue with it. And I've seen a lot of people have issues with it, this not being satisfying. I totally get that because there are no answers. And like I said, I, I have my own issues with the ending, but I came up with a head cannon and it's because two episodes in episode 11, it starts with a description of the whore of Babylon from the Bible, from the book right. of revelation. Mm-hmm. And I think, in my head canon, sh- that she is literally a demon, the whore of yeah. Babylon, yeah. and that that is where her powers come from. Yep. And that either he shot himself or she shot or he shot her. Either way, it doesn't matter because she can't lose, she mm-hmm. can't die. Um, and that what we're actually watching is the beginning of the apocalypse, mm-hmm. and a good man standing in its way. And there's movies that have done this. There's Fallen with Denzel Washington. There's Devil's Advocate with. Um, uh, everyone's favorite Keanu Reeves, uh, where basically <laughs> in the end they decide to get in the way of the devil and they sacrifice themselves and they slow down their plans. But the devil's like, meh, <laughs> like, oh, if you extended my plan uh, a month, uh, a year, humanity will always humanity. And and I I really like the idea of this evil demon bringing an end to humanity, not with disease or explosions, but just making us not want to be here anymore and that's a really creepy and so that makes the ending really satisfying because because by shooting the president the president if he had committed suicide it would have affirmed that suicide is okay everyone would have thought that he was telling the girl to commit Mm -hmm. suicide by shooting him 
he got in the way of I the only way he could. And even if he shot himself, that makes it that actually help goes against the suicide law because it's evil villain escaped justice thanks to a suicide law uh, or thanks to suicide. So that makes suicide bad. Or if he shot her, um, you know, then then he slowed her down. But at the end of the day, the apocalypse is coming. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was I, when I kind of decided that for myself, it, it made me really satisfied with the ending. Um, I, I it's it's sad and and creepy, but that's kind of what I was looking for. Um, I I came to the same conclusion with uh, mm-hmm. Wood, where he's he's trying to explain to Zen how he's feeling. And you can see it in his eyes, the way it's drawn. And again, the animation in this anime is so beautiful. Um, he's expressing to him, shoot me, because it, yeah. I, I don't want to jump for this girl, but I can't stop myself from jumping. Please shoot me. And like when he gets hit, his the smile and relief on his face is enormous. And it's like, that's so sad. Yeah. But yeah. I like that theory, Troy, that she's not human. She's she's the harbinger of the apocalypse. She's she's literally inevitable, but good <laughs> one good person could slow her down a little bit. <laughs> All right, yeah. we need, we need to move to final reviews. Uh, Jason, what do you think? I said this in our pre earlier. Uh, this is going to be one of the best animes for me that I cannot recommend to people. <laughs> um, I. I would give this a four for me personally, and I'd probably give it a two for someone asking me for uh, an anime <laughs> pick. And so I will stick with the four because of how much uh, of a ride this was. Um, and but like I would have to give disclaimer after disclaimer if I was recommending it to somebody like do not watch it if ABC and only watch it if you're up for ABC. Um, but if you are up to, for those things. This was a fantastic ride. If you like Silence of the Lambs with an anime twist, <laughs> you're <probably> gonna... <laughs> right. All right, Jeremy, how about you? Um, it it was okay. It was interesting. Um, I'll definitely admit that when I finished watching it, like I definitely went through phases. <laughs> In the first half of it, I was I was mildly intrigued, but also bored uh, until it started to pick up, and then I I kind of liked it. But then at episode seven, I was like, I'm I'm done. I, I hate this anime. I, <laughs> I am absolutely done with this, but I had to finish. And, um, and by the end I, I was, it was okay. I was happy that they came to the conclusion they did. Um, when they, when they had their, uh, their philosophical dis- uh, discussion. Um, but I still, it wasn't anything spectacular to me and I was very frustrated with the ending, but then I went online to see if, if actually that was his son. Cause I wasn't sure. And I found somebody's review where they actually talked about how um, they have they've struggled with um, depression and a desire to commit suicide. They watched this anime and it was it actually changed their perspective on the topic and made them not want to anymore. And that's really cool. Um, that's really, really cool that this anime would actually have that kind of, of sticking potential, even if it's just one person that reacts that way. But I imagine that there's others, too. So for that, I kind of appreciate it a little bit. I hadn't thought of it in that light, that it would be so striking to some people. Um, but I, I, I think for my personal enjoyment, I would have to give it like a, a 
just barely a three. <laughs> just barely a three. <laughs> so I'm almost like right there, Jason, at that two level. <laughs> where right. you, yeah. Yeah. Just barely a three. Um, but I think it, it could definitely be a four um, for some people. I could totally see how it could. <laughs> Not just for Jasons of the world, but also, <laughs> also for, for people that are maybe struggling and need to have uh, a different perspective. I think there's a really awesome idea here, a really good concept. Um, it, it was bland in the first episode, but then the twist started coming in the second episode. Then it got bland again. Then it got really violent and crazy, but then it went into a weird third act with a lot of philosophy. Um, it's kind of all over the place, so I'm giving it a three, but it's probably my favorite three anime we've seen ever. Um Top of the threes. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch it again. It's given me it's given me nightmares. It's in my head. I, I've been thinking about it so much. And I gotta respect that that you know it presented something that could do that to me, even if it wasn't enjoyment all the way through. because uh, yes. you know, you, you, you watch you consume media and content to to feel something. But I have Not been this. I've been terrified. I, I literally woke up with my alarm clock blaring thinking it meant someone committed suicide. And that was how I woke up one morning. It was so... Look, it got to me. All right. Now, the Let's best way on. I think you described it was it's dense. It is so yeah. dense. It's very dense. Yeah, it's dense. Okay. Uh, our next anime is going to be Fire Force, which also has religion in it, but I think it's going to be a much more lighter topic. Uh, it's a shonen about... Uh, priest and firefighters who battle fire demons using fire, fire. powers. It, it's like just fire everywhere, but the fire is like, fire with fire. fire. Beautiful animated. <laughs> so we're gonna be checking that out. Uh, and if you have any thoughts on this anime or any other anime, you can reach us on our Twitter at Baka Podcast or email the Anime Baka Club at gmail dot com or leave a comment wherever you found this podcast and we will respond to it. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we hope this anime did not give you nightmares, because I picked it, and I, I feel bad. <laughs> all right, let's say goodbye. Uh, thanks for listening. But what is justice? Oh, God. Sayonara. <laughs>